This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This was all horse pasture over here, and this was all our yard. At one time, we owned 120 acres here. It was our dream home. Todd designed every inch of that house himself. Did you love Todd? Oh, <laughs> I don't even think I ever didn't love Todd. I think I fell in love with him so quickly and I know that he loved me. Firefighters found him unresponsive outside the home on County Road 215. And he died of smoke inhalation and thermal injuries. Linda, had it occurred to you that you would be a suspect in your husband's death? It didn't even occur to me that it could even be ruled arson. All I'm thinking was, how did this happen? In January 2007, 46-year-old Todd Sturmer died in a blazing fire that consumed his Kalamazoo, Michigan home. Somehow, his wife Linda managed to escape. But ever since that day, she has lived with the consequences and the questions about what she did and didn't do. You must know, Linda, that it's very difficult for people to believe that your husband is burned in a fire, he escapes, he's still alive, badly burned, and then you hit him with a car? You just happen to have that kind of bad luck? <laughs> bad luck doesn't even describe it. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. Did Linda Sturmer kill her husband? Seems like everyone who knew the couple has an opinion. Her own children are divided. But opinions aren't facts, and the facts in this case only add to the mystery. We are right now in our driveway facing where our front door used to be. Linda Sturmer took me back to the now overgrown field where the family home once stood. Only the foundation remains. So what was it like on that January 7th? It was in the low 30s. It had Rainy. rained and drizzled all day. According to Linda, on the day her house went up in flames, she was doing laundry in the basement. 
Around 3 p.m., she says, she heard her husband, Todd, let out a scream. She ran upstairs to find the living room engulfed. I could not have gotten over to Todd because there was fire between the two of us. She says she panicked and escaped through the front door with no shoes or cell phone. Todd didn't follow, so she jumped into the family van to get help. But then, she says, she looked out the driver's side window and saw her husband running out of the house. I'm screaming at him, get in the van, get in the van, and he won't get in the van. She says she jumped out of the van to try and help him. He'd clearly been burned and had ripped off much of his clothing. And I'm yelling at him to lay down to do anything. I can't touch him. And so I get back in the van and I lost sight of him. I don't know where he went to, but it was so muddy. The tires were just spinning, so I couldn't get any traction. So I just put it in gear, and I'm trying to let it creep until it gets some purchase. By purchase, she means traction. But Linda says the driveway was just too muddy. So she gunned the engine, drove ahead to the side of the house where there was a sandy area, thinking she could get traction there. I saw the neighbors. I saw him coming up the driveway at some point. Those neighbors were Mike Matheny and Connie Calhoun. They had seen the fire and rushed over to help. Linda says she got out of the van and ran toward them. Mike, he is yelling at me, where's the kids, where's Todd? And I'm screaming at him. He said I was incoherent, couldn't understand me because I'm hysterical. And I'm trying to tell him the kids aren't here, Todd's up there. Linda and her neighbors look for Todd where she had last seen him. But he was gone. And then... We found Todd laying right here by closer to the house. Linda says she still doesn't know how Todd ended up on this side of the house, not far from where she stopped the van. He was unconscious and badly, badly burned. Somehow he went from over here to here. Yes, and he was laying on his back with his head closest to the house. Investigators later found Todd's blood on the van's front bumper and undercarriage. It meant that Linda Sturmer had somehow hit her husband when he had come out of the house. He was barely clothed when they found him, so one of the neighbors grabbed some of his own clothing from the back seat of his car and covered Todd. He was so badly burnt, and he was alive. He was looking at me, but he couldn't talk. And I lay there just begging him not to leave me. When emergency medical technicians arrived, they tried, but couldn't save Todd. And they said they couldn't hook up a defibrillator to him. So he was too badly burned. When they stopped working on him, I was so, so angry at them. Why did they get him in the ambulance? Why did they waste so much time trying there? Wait, take a break, please. <laughs> now that's basically the story that Linda Sturmer has been telling since Todd died. But her own sons, who weren't home when the fire started, say she refused to give them any specifics. This is Trevor Sturmer. 
Anytime we would ask any details on the case or what happened that day, she would start crying and look for sympathy from you and play the victim. Linda never told her sons, they say, that she had hit their father with the van. They didn't find that out till much later. I asked her about the van and if she had run him over and she said she didn't want to talk about it and that I should just believe her, but her story just wasn't adding up. Like Trevor, Trenton Sturmer found it difficult to understand why only one of his parents made it out of the house alive. It didn't make sense that our father, who was in great shape, it didn't make sense that he would die in a house fire and she wouldn't. They were suspicious because, as they say now, their parents' marriage had been rocky before the fire and had seemed to come to a head on the night before. They were in their bedrooms and they say... They heard it all. Was that the worst fight you'd ever seen your parents in? Yeah, this was absolutely the worst. All of us knew that this was going to be the one that ended their marriage. The fight, they say, was a familiar one over finances and infidelity. It seemed like he found out that she was having an affair, essentially, and had a separate life. Were you ever unfaithful to Todd? No. Todd was an extremely jealous and possessive person. Linda says she and Todd fought about money because they were near financial ruin, and she blamed Todd. Todd owned his own business. He sold gloves and occasionally he sold hunting suits, but he didn't like to work often. And I learned about him borrowing money from his mother. And I said, why would you do that? Why aren't you just going to work? I was working in a dialysis facility. I had to be to work at 5 a.m. How much in debt was he? At the time of his death, $75,000. He hadn't paid our mortgage in several months. And he just blew money, just blew money. But Trenton and Trevor tell a different story. They blamed their mother and her obsession with horses. They told me their dad was upset to learn that Linda had a line of credit for $25,000 to support the 31 horses she kept on their property. The horses were always a topic of discussion between them of it was running us dry. I don't know where they would have gotten that idea from. I should have mentioned that today neither Trevor nor Trenton are speaking to their mother so she seemed surprised to hear what they told me. The horses were self-sufficient. Todd always told me that if I didn't make enough money with the horses, that I couldn't have the horses. Whatever Linda and Todd were arguing about on the eve of the fire, 24 hours later, Todd was dead. And local investigators were suspicious from the start. They questioned Linda's actions on the day of the fire. For instance, she had gone to a gas station early that morning. A clerk remembered seeing her and then later told investigators that it looked like Linda was pumping fuel, not into her vehicle, but into a gas can. We were out of milk. Linda explains it this way. She admits she had gone to get some groceries and put some gas in her Jeep, but she says that's all she did. A receipt would later show she spent just over $11 at the pump. You didn't fill up the tank. It didn't need a whole lot. 
According to Linda, she wanted to make sure there was plenty of gas for her sons, because when she got home that morning, she woke them and gave them her car, suggesting they go to the mall. I told them that they could go to the movies with her friend. I didn't want them here and Todd and I argue. What Linda and her sons do agree on is this, that her marriage to Todd was over. She admits she planned to leave Todd that very day and wanted the boys out of the way. I just felt like being in the house with us, watching me move out was going to be too much for them. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Linda had been married to Todd for 13 years, but she had met him much earlier, in 1989. She was just getting out of her first marriage. He was so... Beautiful, so charismatic. You could just see the light in his eyes. They were both 25 when they started dating. Linda had two young daughters, three-year-old Ashley and two-year-old Brittany. It was clear that Todd wanted the whole package. I said, I'm in the middle of a divorce, and I said, I have two little girls. And he says, well, that's perfect. I'll only make boys. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wait, by the time they got married in August of 1993, Linda had given birth to their two sons, Trevor and Trenton. He did not have to marry me. We just wanted to be a family. Todd was the epitome of family. He was a great man, great father. Coached all of us through yeah. as many sports as he could, and definitely a family man. Trenton Sturmer says that he was extremely close to his father, who loved being a dad so much that he offered to take in Linda's nephew, Corey, to save him from a broken home. Todd sat me down one night and he said, do you want him to come and live here with us? Maybe that would be good for him. Corey Pierce was two years old when they took him in. You miss your dad? Yeah. He loved to play sports with us and hang out with us. He would go out in the yard and play with us. And he was really athletic. Did he ever treat any of these kids differently? Oh, no. Anybody who he had ever, ever introduced his family to. These are my sons. These are my daughters. It sounds at that point your relationship was pretty ideal. Amazing. It was amazing. But that happiness, says Linda, didn't last very long. She and both her daughter Ashley say that Todd had a temper. The first incident, I just remember my stepdad, like, throwing a clothes basket of laundry at my mom. I remember him going out with friends at night and my mom having to load all of us kids up in the car to go pick him up at a friend's house where he was drunk and just belligerent and screaming at her. And Ashley's younger sister, Brittany. It got, like, so bad, you know, scared us. We were young then. Ashley says that when she was about 11 years old and started speaking up, she became a target of that anger. What would he say to you, Ashley? 
You're a two-legged dog just like your mom. You're going to be a whore just like she is. Would he hit you? Oh, yeah. With what? His hands, belts, horse reins, a phone in the middle of the forehead. Linda says Todd also hit her. It wasn't a regular thing. He would get extremely fired up and extremely frustrated, and he hit me one time, and I left a bruise on my cheek. But he sent me flowers. He told me how sorry he was. And then you believe that it's never going to happen again until it does. But all three sons, Trenton, Trevor, and Corey, dispute that. They say they never saw their father hit their sister Ashley or their mother. Did you see your dad ever be abusive to your mom? No, I never seen him physically harm her. We never saw saw a black eye or, or bruises. Our father definitely had a temper, and perhaps he grabbed her and squeezed her arm maybe a little too hard, but never any hitting. Not long before the fire, Linda started talking to a divorce attorney. And on the night before the fire, Ashley, then 20 years old and no longer living at home, says she called her mother. I've never gotten to talk to anybody about this, so it's really hard for me. Todd answered the phone. When he said, your mom's not here, and he's like, but I had a conversation with God. I'm not decided yet, but one of us is leaving in a body bag, and it's either me or your mom. After Todd Sturmer's death, Van Buro County Sheriff's detectives began investigating. They focused on the troubled Sturmer marriage and that troubling fact that when Todd made it out of the fire, Linda somehow hit him with a van. Two years later, on June 5, 2009, Linda Sturmer was arrested and charged with arson and murder. Trevor said later that he was relieved. For so long, we had all held the notion in our head that it was possible that she killed our father. But when all the details and the evidence came out, it was just overwhelming. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Linda went on trial the following January. The evidence against her was mainly circumstantial, with her sons testifying against her. They told the jury that she had pushed them to go to the movies that Sunday morning and that it felt odd and out of character, they say. Saying, you need to get up, you need to go, you need to leave the house right now. I went to go say goodbye to her father. She physically stopped us. She said, no, he's sleeping. Don't go over there. They now believe their dad had been sedated. I believe that he was drugged. It's because he was clearly incapacitated in the living room. A former friend and co-worker, Kate Fox, also testified against Linda, saying that Linda had confided she was worried that investigators would find a coffee cup she had used to try to drug Todd. 
The problem with that testimony, says Linda's trial attorney, Jeffrey Getting, is that there was no physical evidence that Todd was drugged. The evidence introduced at the trial was contained in the autopsy report, which didn't find any significant evidence of sedatives. But Kate Fox also claimed that Linda had discussed ways of getting rid of her husband, including running him over with a car. Did you? No. Kate really hated me at that point. Linda told me that Kate Fox lied on the witness stand because, among other things, she was furious with Linda for changing her shift at work. My lawyer asked her why she was so angry at me. She says, she lied to me. She lied to me. She changed shifts without me. Still, it was damaging testimony. And Kate Fox also told jurors that at the time of the fire, Linda was having an affair with a co-worker named Chris Williams. Williams himself confirmed it. Were you having an I affair started with seeing Chris Williams? Chris Williams romantically, but it wasn't until after I lost my husband. Why would a man you went out with turn around and lie at trial? Unless he was manipulated by someone I don't know. Kate Fox did have credibility problems. The defense presented evidence that Fox had a history of mental illness, and her own brother took the stand and told jurors that Kate's stories couldn't be trusted. I do know my sister can manipulate the, the truth to whatever she wants it to be, and yeah, she will lie if it's to her benefit. At trial, the jurors also heard about that trip to the gas station. The clerk testified that she thought she saw Linda at the back of her car, seemingly pumping gas into a can. But the clerk didn't get a close look. And Linda says she was in the back of her car for another reason. It was frigid, and I had winter gloves and a warmer coat back there. So I got my gloves out to pump gas. The prosecutor argued that Linda started the fire by dousing Todd with that fuel, and in fact, his underwear and socks did test positive for gasoline. But her attorney, Getting, never called his own fire expert to refute any of it, even though Linda says she begged him to. I begged him numerous times for an expert, and he says, we don't need an expert, Linda. We will use their expert for our benefit. Defense attorney Getting had a plan. He didn't dispute that the fire was arson, but he told the jury that it was Todd Sturmer himself who started it. Todd is in the middle of the fire. The best defense in this case is Todd set the fire and was accidentally killed in the fire that he set. There was some evidence to support that claim. Todd had twice been suspected by police of arson in the past when two other properties he owned mysteriously burned to the ground. Both times, Todd had reportedly been in debt and needed money, but Todd was never charged. The prosecutor, however, discounted that claim, and in his closing argument, he reminded the jury that when Todd escaped the burning house, Linda ran him over. And he pointed his finger in my face, just inches away from my face, and he says... She's a liar, a manipulator, a diabolical murderer. It was a damaging performance. Prosecutors are only supposed to argue facts, not opinion. 
but Linda Sturmer's own attorney never objected. Just hours after the case went to the jury, the judge read their verdict. Count one, guilty as charged. Count two, guilty as charged. All I could think was, I have to be strong because my mom's right behind me. <laughs> Linda's sons say the jury got it right. We knew it in our hearts that she was guilty, and it felt like we could finally breathe again. Linda was sentenced to life without parole, but she was determined to fight that conviction and somehow win her sons back. I'm determined and hopeful that I will get back to my children someday. And that's when Linda's daughter, Brittany, begged a well-known fire investigator, Robert Trenkel, to re-examine her mother's case. How would you describe the investigation that was made into this case? Adequate? No, absolutely not adequate. Inadequate. Just the opposite. Trunkel says investigators failed to sift through the remains of the house and took very few samples of debris. But here's the most important point. Trenkel says Linda Sturmer should never have been convicted. There simply isn't enough evidence, he says, to support the state's theory that she doused Todd with gasoline and then set him on fire. I've asked probably 30 or 40 people who are firefighters, investigators, and they all laughed when I told them about somebody getting out of a building after they've had gasoline poured all over them. But what about that fact that gasoline was found on Todd's clothing? Well, Trankel says it was likely a case of cross-contamination. Remember that neighbor who came to the rescue that day? Well, it turns out that he recycled auto parts for a living, and the shirt he used to cover Todd also tested positive for gas. And then there's the fact that no gasoline was found on Linda's clothing. If you get one little speck on your finger, you try to wash it off and wash it off and wash it off, it's still there. So it should have been smelled on Miss Sturmer, and it should certainly have been on something that she was wearing. Trenkel says there simply isn't enough evidence to prove arson. And even if there was, he agrees with Linda Sturmer's defense attorney that the more likely suspect was Todd Sturmer himself. And why do you believe that? Because of his burn injuries, it certainly shows that Mr. Sturmer was in the area of the fire. Linda Sturmer filed petition after petition arguing that she didn't get a fair trial. But those appeals were all turned down. And then in 2016, an attorney filed a petition including Robert Trenkel's findings. Two years later, a federal judge gave Linda what she was hoping for, an evidentiary hearing. I knew that the science was the key. There's no evidence to support a theory of arson. What do you believe started that fire then? I believe that something came out of that fireplace, a coal or a log or something, fell out, popped out, and started that floor on fire. Two months after the hearing, just before Christmas 2018, federal judge Arthur Tarnow called a hearing and issued his ruling. Linda did not get a fair trial, he said. Her conviction was overturned. 
After spending nine years in prison, Linda Sturmer was free to go home to her family. It was an amazing, amazing day. It's incredibly surreal. Walking out to that parking lot and seeing a real vehicle that I could get into and knowing that I could sit in the back seat without being handcuffed and shackled (laughs) was the most amazing feeling. But is it over? No, it's not not. over. It wasn't over. For one thing, the federal court's decision didn't do anything to convince her sons that she was innocent of killing their dad. I notice that you call her Linda. You don't call her mom. She's not our mother now. She's not mom anymore. Trevor Sturmer told me that he and his brothers believed the jury got it right. The fact that a judge took a look at the evidence and didn't feel she had a fair trial, thought she might be innocent, that doesn't change the way you feel. No. I know that she did what she did. Still, their sisters believe in their mother's innocence, and they are now afraid they could lose her again. I have no faith in the justice system right now, to be honest with you. What's the worst thing that could happen? They'll send her back to prison. That's a real possibility. Linda, who has been free since December 2018, now faces a new trial, almost 13 years after the fire that took Todd Sturmer's life. The Van Buren County prosecutor announced he would retry Linda Sturmer for murder. Linda's new attorney, Wolfgang Mueller, says he will defend her. I think I have a pretty good BS meter, and I believe her completely in terms of her story and then how the science just doesn't add up to an arson. And I think she was truly, uh, one, factually innocent of this crime, and two, the whole system betrayed her. Linda knows that all trials are unpredictable, that new jurors may also struggle with the facts in her case. Is it just a coincidence that Todd died on the day Linda decides to leave him? And how and why did she hit her husband with that van? How did she not see him? How did she not know she had done it? Still, Linda knows she has to go through a new trial if she wants to get her now grown children back. There were times while I was in prison that I wanted to give up. The only thing that kept me from doing it was that that was such a selfish act and there would never be a possibility of putting my family back together or making anyone feel whole again. Do you think at any point you'd have a relationship with her? Absolutely not. No. It kills me that he can't be a part of my children's life anymore, Mm -hmm. that they they don't have that privilege of having a grandfather like him. It's, uh, It's devastating. Linda's daughters, Ashley and Brittany, are heartbroken, and they fear that by defending their mother, they have forever lost their brothers. Do you plan on talking to them again? After this, I don't think they'll ever talk to me again. That had to be a tough decision then to talk to us. Why did you decide to talk? Because I love my mom. And I don't think that she's guilty. Linda Sturmer's new trial will be held sometime in 2021. A personal note. I worked on this case for months, spending hours with Linda Sturmer and her children. Linda is likable, believable, and determined. But then so are her sons. They are convinced 
She had a hand in their father's death. So whom do you believe? Will a new trial give us more answers? In the meantime, a father is dead, his family is torn apart, and a woman's freedom hangs in the balance. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and that's my life of crime. A special thanks to the 48 Hours team, as well as my producers, Sam Egan, Alan Pang, and CBS Audio. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CBS Life of Crime. We'll see you next time. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Van Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.